Hello and welcome to another Eurovision for Real podcast. I am your host, Alicia Michelle, and it has been a very interesting uh, couple of weeks, I guess. I think it's been over a week since I've been able to speak with you all. Hello. If you have not connected to me and subscribed to this podcast, this is your chance. But there's a lot of stuff for us to cover. We've got our uh, artists from Cyprus joining, um, I'm like, Noah, Noah Carell from Israel. I'm like, I'm going to have to get get these names right. I think it is Noah. I think her name is Noah Krell or something like that. So uh, we have our artists for Cyprus. We also had the announcement of the 37 countries that are going to be participating for Eurovision 2023. And it's all going down in Liverpool. Yeah, let's just let's just talk about it. Eurovision for real with Alicia Michelle. <laughs> oh yeah, I think that there's a lot actually to talk about. Let me just go through some of like the main bits of news, right? Like the main bits of news. So we already knew that Israel had selected their representative for Eurovision 2023. They were the first ones out there. And I remember there was actually a little bit of controversy because it was like she was announced, but like maybe the deal wasn't completely done apparently. So it was like she was announced and then they kind of like came around like, oh wait, actually like she hasn't been uh, confirmed yet. But she is confirmed now, so she will be representing Israel. And Cyprus, we got a man joining the mix. It's Andrew Lambro, Lambrou. And the interesting thing about him is he competed to um, represent Australia last year. Um, yeah, and he had this song that was sort of this poppy, uh, you know, song and there was choreography and there was staging and y'all know that uh this is the Eurovision for Real podcast so I'm gonna tell you my thoughts I'll say this okay so I'm gonna start off so he did not win Australia decides last year Sheldon Sheldon won and um this is no shade this is like truly this is no shade um but I like I understood why Sheldon won, you know, last year. Because when I watched the song, because this is Eurovision, so let me start off with the positives. Andrew, he is a Greek like Cypriot family, so we love that. Uh, he's young; he's twenty-two years old. Oh my god, twenty-two years old. So. Apparently, like, he he kind of hit hit big, like, on the internet. That's how most people are kind of getting recognized today. So he, like, sang a bit of Stay With Me, um, and that went viral. And then he, like, covered a song um, from Zayn, Zayn, who was in uh, One Direction. Yes, right? 1D. There you go. And so then he got a record deal. And so he he is an artist. He he's got a deal. This is good. This is good. Um now when he competed in Australia decides, 
The song was seventh out of the 11th entry. So now I guess we're transitioning into the, cr- the critique, the Eurovision for real portion. Um, here's the thing. And I just, I will say my critique with also the thought process of, I think that Cyprus is in a good place, even though they did not qualify last year. Um, people are hungry to root for them. It gives them this level of not being like just ushered in. And I think that that can be a thing because Cyprus has been doing so well in recent years that sometimes people can become complacent uh, with entry. So I think the fact that Cyprus is sort of coming into this off of not qualifying, that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Andrew living in Australia, maybe if they're in the same semi, Australia might show a little bit of love. I don't know. And at least, you know, maybe people at home are familiar with him because he did do Australia Decides. But, okay, I'm, I mean, it's Eurovision for real. I'm Alicia Michelle. So I might have to give y'all uh, the real talk um, critique. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for... Um, hmm. I feel like the vocal was not as sustained as it needed to be. And I'm, I'm even like looking at it and playing it right now. Cause like the vocal is good when it's good. It's good. But sometimes we get a little bit of the nervous pitchiness, which, which, you know, we don't want that. Yeah, we don't want that. And this song actually reminds me a little bit of uh, the Electrify song does remind me a little bit of what Sandro was possibly going to do for Eurovision 2020. But, you know, we did not get Eurovision 2020. And I honestly think that Sandro would have qualified. I I think Cyprus would have been qualifying in 2020. Uh, And I think it's also kind of a little bit disappointing that that didn't happen because, you know, everyone just started sort of saying Cyprus is just doing the same thing, like sending a pretty girl and kind of sending a bit of a bop sort of formula. So I think Cyprus did need to mix it up and send us a guy. I mean, he's really good looking. I mean, I will say like, does he dance? Okay. I'm watching this performance and he's doing some meaningful movement. Um, but he's not a dancer. Okay, so he's not going to give us choreo, and that's okay. But he's got dancers around him. Oh, but he's really good looking. Yeah, this is what's going to help him. He's really good looking. Just, yeah, let him stand there. Oh, and we have range. Oh, okay, there's vocal range. Okay, y'all. Okay, I'm pausing the video because y'all are like, you're basically doing a reaction video on this podcast. And I am. Um, he's very good looking. And we got some vocal range, but here's the thing. If you are standing in one place on the stage, you cannot be pitchy. You cannot be pitchy. So I'm just, I'm making, you know, my critiques known early. So then, you know, he can just be super successful and win me over with the performance live. I I am hopeful. I think Cypress is doing the right thing. I do think they're probably going to give us a song that's similar to this Electrify, except it'll probably have, you know, maybe bring out a little bit more of some ethnic pieces and and whatnot. But but yeah, I think uh, I think this is good. This is good. And honestly, 
for the two people that we've already had announced, we're looking at a pretty, I think, strong year. Because Noah, seasoned performer, she's she's got it together. She is she's that girl, and yeah, I'm. I think I think we could be in for a really strong year. Because last year wasn't super strong, and we might be into a, a year where it's kind of poppy, maybe dance music, house music. I mean, Beyonce's album. I I, I think we could be into a year. Where we're getting some bops, maybe. And because the sad boys did sort of reign supreme, although it's not what won. You know, the sad boys did get to, you know, <laughs> stay united and, and you know, really make it known. And we had a lot of meditative tracks last year. You know, Portugal, the Netherlands, even um, Iceland song, these meditative sort of songs. This year, maybe we're going to have a little bit more of an explosion of fun. Maybe, maybe, or not even an explosion of fun, but an explosion of fun in the name of escapism. So shifting gears a little bit, there's a lot happening in the Eurovision world right now. We're getting all of this news about all of these like national selections. We are back. National selection season is upon us. And like one of like the more interesting uh, national selections is San Marino because they're such a small country, and um, or and really I guess they're like they're a territory. Like is that is that what we want to call it? like San Marino? Are we saying they're like a territory? I should I should look this up because like I want to say country, but then I think um, okay it's a micro state. We're we're gonna say micro state, so we're calling it a country. And but I think more specifically, it is a a micro state. Got it. All right. So um, I really love San Marino last year. I think that they were robbed. I think that San Marino should have been in the grand final. Period. 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 Yeah. No. Um, so I am curious to see you know who kind of comes through. Una voce per San Marino. I don't know. I, I'm like, did I say it right? Una voce. Uh, now I will say I did submit a song and I did move, like move up, but this was my issue. I submitted a song because I was like, and I've, I've actually done this. I did this years ago. Ireland had a national selection and the way that their form was, you could submit a song and then say like, you can give this to another artist. So when I submitted the song for San Marino, I was like, you know, I don't want to perform it. I want them to find, you know, someone, I guess, Italian or San Marinese, you know, to perform. So I, they even sent out the follow-up email. That's like, Hey, we noticed that you, um, you know, we haven't seen you enter like the portal because I'm, I'm just like, I don't, I don't know if I want to pay, the hundred euros, if if they're not going to give it to someone else, because I'm not paying the hundred euros, and then they're going to be like, "All right, Alicia, get your flight and your dancers together so you can come perform this song in San Marino." I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But I will say, if there are any San Marinese artists out there that are looking for a song, female vocalists, I think I think the aesthetic is it's it's giving girl power, you know, um, and by girl, I mean G-U-R-L, woman, X, you know, so I'm just saying it's given, it's given that energy, um, but you know, and, and there's, it's not vocally challenging, but the song is a moment. I do think it's a moment. 
but basically, they said that they received applications from 32 different countries, and there were 500 submissions. That's crazy. And they said, so Italian and Spanish artists were leading the pack. But yeah, apparently the show is going to be interesting. I might actually try to watch Una Voce Bear San Marino because Cena is going to be hosting the show and Akili Laro is going to be back. Anyone who watched my Eurovision turquoise carpet coverage knows like I, I actually like I had to like get it together. Like after seeing Akili Laro, I was like, whoo, it's like, let me, let me, uh, let me get this together. I, 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 I am, I am oftentimes not lost for words. And, and that was one of the moments I, I felt deeply, deeply lost for words, but great experience. And then also Benidorm Fest is back. Look, there's going to be 16 acts in Benidorm. I think they're going to be good. I think they're going to be really good. I think we might have some people who competed last year back. Benidorm is going to be good this year. I think that I think Spain could be in contention again this year because last year they had options. I don't see why they wouldn't have options this year. This is really crazy. Um, so we're shifting gears again. Another story because so much news, so many things to talk about. Okay, so um, <laughs> it's interesting because when I saw this news come through from like the official Eurovision site, I had already seen another Eurovision artist from last year like be up for this so I thought it was kind of interesting that this artist got the mention from the official Eurovision channel but the other one did not so I'm gonna mention both of them so the first Eurovision artist of 2022 that I heard about being eligible and on the ballots for the Grammys was Motto um, Motto uh, ha- and is currently on a North American tour. I am trying to upload my interview with Motto, but my computer is being really annoying and I filmed the video on my phone and it just like won't download. It's, y'all, it's really crazy. Um, so yeah, Motto could be nominated, but the Eurovision site dropped that Constracta um, is being considered for two uh, considered in two categories, uh, best new artist and best global music performance. And I think Motto is up for best global music performance as well with Saudade, Saudade. And so Contracta is yeah best new art and Motto is up too. But Motto is also up for I think like best pop song. Like Motto had like a, a couple of categories that she was up for and constructed, but constructed is two categories. Um, we'll see. In Corpesano, for best global music performance, it's possible. It's possible. I don't know how deeply entrenched Grammy voters are in, in the Eurovision world, though. So, um, so yeah, so Academy. Academy. You know, we'll see. We we will see. Um, also, I will have to say, so um, we know our pre-party season is going down to, oh my goodness, so much news. So um, Eurovision in Concert, in concert is going to be April 15th. 
which low key, I was telling myself because if you didn't get it from my other, um, I'm probably not going to be in Liverpool because of the financial uh, obligation that it will require of me. And I just don't have the funds like that. Again, I think people forget I have a whole house and a mortgage. I have a child. Inflation is real. You know, inflation is real. So feeding myself and my child is far more expensive than it was, you know, a year ago and um, gas prices and all of that stuff. So I really just don't have the, uh, the, the money to go to Eurovision this year, point blank. Uh, but the benefit of me sitting out this year means that I definitely will be potentially able to go next year. So for Eurovision 2024, but I was thinking that maybe I would be able to make work um, one of the Eurovision, like one of the pre-parties. And so I was thinking like Eurovision in concert could be something because we've got direct flights to Amsterdam. So that's the 15th of April. So maybe, maybe that'll work. Maybe I'll be able to do that and maybe make a little bit of vacation out of it. But also Madrid is going to be having their pre-party. Um, let's see. The dates for that one are um, the 8th, I think, 7th, 8th of April in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll be the 7th and the 8th. So that'll be really cool. Um Madrid might be nice. Madrid's pretty fun. And then Barcelona, their Eurovision party um, is going to be happening in March. I might actually, Barcelona, I might do. Is the weather good in March? Can you go to the beach in March or is it still a little bit cold? You could probably do a pool, like a heated pool. So that one, that one could be cool. So that's, that's the 25th of March. So this is good. This is exciting. This is really exciting because it's like even though you can't maybe go to Eurovision, like the big show, it's nice to try to make one of the pre-parties work. I've never – well, actually, that's not true. I've technically been to pre-parties because some have been done like kind of in conjunction. So the Melfest party, sort of it, like the Swedish club party, Melody Festival and Club in party, you know, sort of happens in conjunction with Melfest and the grand final. So I did technically – I did get to go to that. And that was fun. So the idea of going some other place, that that might be what I do because, yeah, like it's just nice to actually connect with people in person, you know? Like it's nice to connect with folks in person. And just as a reminder, if you don't already know this, yes, Eurovision, it's happening in Liverpool the 9th of May, the 11th, semifinal two, the 11th of May, and the grand final is going to be the 13th of May. I think the tickets are going to be on sale in December. That's what I think. That's what I think. I think the first batch, just in time for Christmas, so you can write Santa Claus and say, Santa, dear Santa, <laughs> get me these Eurovision tickets because, look, hotel stays, flights might be a little bit pricey, you know, so you're going to need Santa to kind of fill in the blanks. But really the big, I think, announcement this week in our Eurovision world was uh, the announcement of our participating countries. And, you know, I'll just talk about this because this is a Eurovision for Real podcast. So, you know, we keep it real. We keep it real over here. Yeah. So um, 
I think that they shot themselves in the foot a little bit by doing all of this buildup. <laughs> like, real talk, you know, when they were like, ooh, we're going to have this video. It's going to go live. And I said this on the last podcast that I was like, I just think we're going to be in this, like, PR event, PR event sort of churn for Eurovision. Um, and that seems to be coming to fruition a little bit. Because then when the announcement came down, you know, well, leading up to the announcement, you know, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this, you know, because they were hyping it up so much. They were like, oh, my gosh, we're going to have a debut in country. We're going to have a debut in country. A country that hasn't participated in Eurovision in years is going to come back. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be so exciting. You know, everyone started building it up only for them to say that it was going to be 37 countries. Now, for me, 37 countries, it's still exciting. This is still a lot, okay? <laughs> like, it's not that big of a deal. But I do think they shot themselves in the foot a little bit because when you say, like, oh, it's going to be an announcement and it's going to be all this hype and we're going to get all excited and everything, ooh, only to then find out that it's less countries than the year before. You know, they could have maybe saved themselves some of the eye rolls and some of the negative comments and some of the, what about Kazakhstan? Yeah, y'all, Kazakhstan is like the big one. Everyone's kind of like, come on, come on. We've already got Azerbaijan. You know, we've already got Israel. We've got Australia. Like, what about Kazakhstan? And I think because, you know, Kazakhstan, not I think, but because they've already been, you know, participating in Junior Eurovision and they've had lovely songs, literally. I mean, lovely songs, lovely vocalists from Kazakhstan. And I think also Kazakhstan's a country that could actually probably give us something really interesting on the Eurovision stage, you know? I think, I think there's a hunger for them, not just, I think, from people from there and whatnot, but I think because they have showed up at Junior and been good and the fact that they could give us something interesting and maybe ethnic, something that would mix up the contest a little bit more, there's, there's I think, a, a well-deserved hunger and sort of uh, side cheering for it. And I've heard a lot of people, like some folks are still trying to keep hope alive that, you know, it'll happen. I, I don't want to be... Well, I'm going to be cynical because I like to be optimistic, but but I think you have to be realistic with some of with some of the optimism. You know, that's just yes, we should be realistic with some of our optimism, and and ultimately, I think um, in order to be realistic with some of this optimism, realistically, I just don't think it's going to happen. And I know some people are like, oh, but it still could happen. Uh, I, someone told, was talking about how, oh, well, they announced um, Australia like pretty late when they were going to be like guest invited to Eurovision 2015. Look, I think with Kazakhstan, because they do participate in junior, we would know. Um, yeah, we would know already, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't think Kazakhstan is going to be back. I, or is going to, not back, but not this year. I don't think they'll be competing this year. And I think the other big thing about this year and the folks who are not competing, 
a lot of people, it's a lot of money to participate at Eurovision. It's a lot of money to compete. And I think a lot of these countries are just like, look, we're not going to spend the money. We don't have it. And, you know, I'm like, look, if you're going to come and be cheap about it, don't come at all. You know, don't come at all. It's like, you know, when you're going on a trip and, you know, everyone pays their money ahead of time, you know, it's, it's a trip, you pay for your room, and then, and, you know, maybe someone says, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll chip in for groceries and stuff like that, and then you have the one friend show up, and it's like, well, I paid, you know, for my room and everything, I paid for my flight to get here, but then they don't have any money to eat while they're there. It's real annoying. So then everybody else, you know, has to come up out of their pockets, you know, to cover, you know, homegirl who, you know, didn't bring any money, you know, so she's hungry and we all want to go out and do this, but we're going to have to cover her. It's like, girl, you should have just stayed home. You couldn't afford the trip. It's okay. You couldn't afford the trip this year, you know. <laughs> um, so you should have just stayed at home. You won't even have as much fun. You won't even have as much fun in the experience because you didn't bring your money. You know, we're going to go, you know, to the spa one day. You won't be able to go. You'll be back at the house, what you paid for, you know. <laughs> um, but no, in all, in all seriousness, uh, you know, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm with the four countries that competed, you know, who just don't have the funds this year. That, that's me. I, I am that person. I, I am North Macedonia because North Macedonia was very clear in their announcement. They were like, look, we will be there 2024, but this year we don't got it. That's who I am. I am North Macedonia. I will be there 2024. I am in there. I'm in there. We're going to do it. We're going to do events. We're gonna, like, I know that I can do it 2024. But 2023, unless I find a sponsor, unless someone is going to sponsor me, I will not. I will not be in attendance. I not even will not, cannot be in attendance because I can't cover it. Um... I can't cover it. You know, but I, I wonder about this, you know, because some people I do think were being a little bit over dramatic when it came to, you know, the revelation of the participating countries. There were a lot of people, you know, who were kind of like, this is sad. <laughs> a lot of folks were like, this is sad. 37 countries? Like the last time this happened? you know, was was not that long ago. I think what they said, like eight years ago was the last, was the last time. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, um, I, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't, I'm, I'm not that bummed out. I don't know why. I'm like, I, I guess I'm just not that bummed out. I, 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 I think, yeah, if you, if you got to save your money, save your money. That's what I'm saying. If, if you got to save your money, save your money. And, and that's, all, that's, that's all I got, I guess. Um, yeah. The other thing, this is, this is random news. Kalush Orchestra is coming to D.C. I don't know if I'm going to see them. But um, they're doing a little North American tour. I think it's happening right now. I think it's happening right now. I don't know if I'll see them, but um, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm loving this trend of Eurovision artists coming to the States to perform, period. It's great for the contest. It's great for their career. I mean, like, Mato's show was awesome. There were some people there who I think didn't even know that she performed at Eurovision. I shouldn't say I think I know <laughs> that there were folks. Like, that That was hilarious. But, okay, back to the the 37 uh, countries participating. So, um, of course, like, I'm, I'm going to Twitter because Twitter is just always so funny to me because you can just... Like, see anyone. So this one guy, Jake Sinclair, was like, still don't get why Australia is in Eurovision. Really, y'all? Y'all still holding on to that? I think y'all got to let it go. I think, I think y'all got to let it go. Uh, there are a couple of, couple of people talking about not the return of Turkey. I have been very consistent in my love of Turkey. I really, really, like, I miss Turkey at Eurovision. I do. And I understand you know, I think originally it was sort of like the, the political and safety um, concerns about Turkey participating because, you know, so I, I know that was a concern at one point. And, um, and then now I think there's been some reports, politically speaking, like some of their politicians are super conservative and are just like Eurovision, ah, like we don't want that. Um, but some of their performers are so great. And so talented. And the songs, so good. So yeah, Turkey is a country that I feel like I I miss. I, I miss. Um, yeah, like I miss. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just not, I'm not super let down by the number. And I, 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 I guess I get why people are let down because I mean, I remember 2016, it was like the most countries that had ever participated. And there was so much excitement. And I think just off of like having that many countries sort of participating, it just added this other element of competition in the air, like just a little bit more competition because it's like so many countries coming. But then it also like made it feel so like celebratory because it's like all of these countries like on the stage, like, and I do think the more countries you have participate, it does boost up a little level of energy and excitement and hype for the show. Uh, so I, I do think the fact that the number is decreasing, I don't think that that is a trend that the EBU will want to keep going. I, I, I don't think that that's the best narrative holistically for the show like you want it to be something that year after year you know we're kind of building hype and and we're you know we're generating some level of momentum I think I think but I mean but I don't think that just for this year especially considering what happened last year considering the fact that it's just so expensive and really if you didn't listen to my last podcast you should because I I really break down this idea of like, you know, I don't think it serves the contest, the fandom, the countries for Eurovision to be like, you know, sort of a rich man hobby. Um, and and I think as prices increase, like the EBU is going to have to think of more creative ways to generate income 
outside of just, you know, the normal, like selling the tickets for the shows and the viewership. I think they'll have to think of like more creative ways to make money off of the contest. So then the countries and honestly, the fans don't have to saddle that cost, that additional cost, because everything is more expensive. So everything is going to cost more. But that is why you diversify and you figure out like, how can we maximize our full holistic, you know, streams of revenue? So then we don't have to constantly sort of saddle the customer. And I think in this case, you know, it's, it's the delegations and sometimes the artists, because sometimes the artists pull out money in their own pockets um, to make Eurovision happen and the fans. Um, I just want to be clear. I'm not really talking about press at all. You know what I mean? Because press, ultimately, your job is going to send you to the thing to cover the thing. And virtual, I think, press rooms are going to be the norm moving forward. Um, so I don't think that's going away anytime soon. Um, yeah, I, I think people were just hoping with this announcement to hear about a debuting country or returning country. And instead, it was like, oh, no, it's just less folks than participated the year before. And and yeah, the EBU definitely doesn't want to have this be a trend. I don't think so, no. So shifting gears a little bit, I had someone ask me this question on my live stream. And of course, you know, I'm on YouTube, so you can connect with me there. But they asked like the five countries that I feel like are really going to come strong uh, next year. And, um, you know, it's interesting because I'm like, well, I think more than five, <laughs> I think more than five are going to come really strong, like with heat and with fire. I think really the question is like who might potentially mail it in and mail it in in front of UK audiences. I think a lot of countries will not want to do that. And I think will really want to send their best for this UK audience, I think, uh, but I, I mean, I have to say, I mean, Ukraine always delivers. So I definitely think Ukraine is going to deliver again. I think the UK is really going to give us something good for sure. I think I think the UK is going to be good. I want to be hopeful for Switzerland because I think, you know, with last year, although they qualified, I do think personally, I just think what they did, and I mean, look, this is the Eurovision for Real podcast, so I'm going to keep it real. I just think that what they were doing was just so direct, like, jury bait <laughs> that, you know, it, no, it wasn't bad or anything like that, but it was just like, okay, you know the juries will eat this up and people at home, yes, there will be some people who latch onto it, but not the masses, like, not the masses, but, you know, but they came so close uh, the year before that it was like, okay, you're allowed to sit down. So I hope that Switzerland actually comes with something competitive this year. I would like to see Switzerland come with something competitive, not just quality, but competitive. And I don't know. I don't know if I would want to put my money on Switzerland, but yeah, I won't be holding my breath for Switzerland actually giving us something uh, competitive. Spain is going to be coming with something competitive. Spain's going to be coming for the win. We talked about Benidorm. Spain is going to be coming for the win. I, I completely feel that. Um, Serbia, I thought that they had, you know, some solid options. They, the, you know, the national selection was too much, 
but clearly Constracta came through and it was good enough. Uh, but I, I think there were other two other songs too that were strong there. So Serbia, I, I typically, I typically feel like they're going to give us something good and of quality. Do I think they're going to come strong next year? I hope so because they've got a lot of momentum. So I think they could. San Marino, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I put money on it. I wouldn't put money on it. Romania, I'd love to see it, but I'm concerned. I'm concerned. I, I don't know. Because Romania had like a nice tear where they were, I don't know, and then they just like deviated and kind of fell off. Like Romania 2018, um, that was their first time not qualifying. And they did. they shouldn't have qualified. And then... 2019, they didn't qualify, even though I thought Romania should have qualified in 2019. 2019 was a weird year. Um, moving along, Portugal, I think, will come strong, but I don't know. I think it might be hard for them to sort of recreate kind of that motto, magic. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think motto is like a special kind of artist with like legit international appeal. So I just don't know. And then I'd say Poland, I'm not checking for them. Norway, I'm checking for because I know Norway wants to win. I know that they want to win. The Netherlands is definitely going to give us quality. Uh, yeah. Moldova, mm, I'm not checking for them, I would say. Malta, I'm actually not checking for it. Not this year. I think that they need, they probably need a solid like three years for like real rebuilding. Lithuania, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see Lithuania come strong. But I just, I always say this about Lithuania. It's just like, uh, I just don't want to bet on them because, you know, you know, we could get a fruise de mark. We could get a fruise de mark. Latvia, here's the thing with Latvia. So I think I submitted a song for Supernova. But again, same situation. I have, look, y'all, I've got a couple of songs that I like would like to kind of submit to other people for them to sing. So I have this one song that I really, really, really like. And I feel like a Latvian artist could like take it. So when I applied, I just was like, I think there was like a note section and I was, I think where it said, like, what are your band members or something? And I was like, can you please find an artist to give this to? Like, I want to just give it away. Can someone else sing it? I'll give you the track and everything. I'll do some duop pops. Or you could use my backing vocals. There you go. You could use my backing vocals, but I, I don't want to do it. Um, Italy will be good because, it, you know, because they have San Remo. Italy will be good because they have Sam Remo, but, you know, Italy is obviously not coming for a win. They're not coming for a win. They want to chill. Uh, Israel, I mean, you know, it's interesting because I'm like, is, because Noah's definitely like a known artist. She could, there's something about the package that feels super solid, but I don't know if Israel like wants to host again. I mean, I guess they would. I guess they would. And honestly, if they could just get their public transit together, Tel Aviv was, was a great host, but getting around town was really, really hard. Like just point blank. It was really hard to get around town. I don't know. Maybe next time if I went to Israel, I would like rent a car. I would have to because the cab drivers would just, 
they had the option of whether, you know, they could stop for you or not. Ugh. Ireland, I want them to come strong. I want them to come strong. I think that they will. I think they want to show out in the UK. So it's possible. Iceland, I'd love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, Iceland, I didn't love their national selection last year, so that makes me a little bit nervous. Greece, I think, is on, has nice momentum. I hope Greece comes strong. Germany, I'm not checking for them. Georgia, I'm not checking for them. I'm honestly not even really checking for France because I just feel like France won't give me what I want. And Loki won't give us what we want, which is, you know, give us some, you know, give us something African. Give us some Afrobeats, France, period. It's what we want. Finland, I really liked their national selection last year. So I'm hoping that Finland, you know, gets it together and sends us, you know, the strongest song from their national selection. That's, I'm going to just leave it at that. Just send us the strongest song from your national selection. Finland, I liked, I really, really liked their national selection last year a lot. Estonia, Estonia might be a little safe. Estonia sometimes does the Denmark thing where, you know, the national selections, you know, has something and I don't know. I mean, Estonia, this is the, this is the thing. Estonia's national selection is definitely more interesting than Denmark's. Easily, like way, way more interesting than Denmark's national selection. But I feel like Estonia picks like the safe, boring track sometimes, not all the time, sometimes. So I always get a little bit nervous with Esti Lau. But Esti Lau normally has like some songs in there like I really, really, really like. Uh, Denmark, not checking for them. Czech Republic. I want to check for them. <laughs> I want to be checking for Czech Republic because look, y'all, do y'all realize Czech Republic would be a really nice, affordable Eurovision? It would. Cheap beers, amazing food. The people are nice. Like, come on. Eurovision in Prague. I, I want to be here for it. Cyprus, obviously, we talked about it. We know they're representative. I don't think Cyprus is coming for a win this year, but I think Cyprus clearly wants to do well and they need to qualify. But I don't know if they're coming for a win. I, they're coming for a qualification this year. Croatia, I would love to see it. I would love to see it. Croatia, y'all really, Croatia's beautiful. I would love to go there. Like, you know, could we all stay on yachts? <laughs> could we all stay on boats, you know? Um, yeah, Croatia, I would love to see them come strong, but I'm, I'm curious what, what, yeah, what Dora will give. Because last year, I think Dora had options, and I just don't think that they picked the right option, you know, ultimately. Belgium, they're going to be bringing back their national selection, right? Well, I'd hope, uh, the thing is, though, the last time Belgium had the national selection, Laura Tesoro won, right? And I, that was, I didn't like that song in the national selection. I liked, I liked another song better. So, I don't know, Belgium might pick wrong. Azerbaijan, they're going to they're gonna come. They're going to come with fire and heat. They normally do. They normally do, but I, I hope maybe last year shook them a little bit because ultimately, yes, they qualified, 
but you know, it didn't, it didn't do anything beyond that. So I hope that that maybe shook them up a little bit to maybe do something a little bit more out of the box. I think Azerbaijan used to take a little bit more risk and have a little bit more fun with their entries. I think when Azerbaijan tries to get kind of serious, it doesn't always work, but when they have fun, it works. Austria. Yeah, no, I don't think I'm checking for Austria. Mm -mm. Australia, obviously, we'll be checking for them. We will. We will. Australia's going to give us quality no matter what. Armenia. Oh, y'all, y'all know I want Armenia to win Eurovision soon. So I hope, <laughs> I hope, I hope, I hope Armenia off the strength of Rosalind and Snap, I hope. And Albania, I want Albania to, I mean, we'll be getting into Feek soon. And I'm, I'm going to watch Feek this year. So actually, like maybe I will be doing some of the national selections this year. I think Feek I'm going to tune into. It's always entertaining, you know, sonically interesting and engaging. And, you know, Albania is a little bit of a country where I do think most people can sing. We're going to get solid vocals. So Albania, I, I hope they're not discouraged after last year. I hope they're not discouraged. But... Yeah, I just went through all the participating countries. Oh my goodness. I'm going to have to call this podcast to a close. If you haven't already subscribed, please subscribe. What are you waiting for? You want this Eurovision content. And I'm here across platform YouTube. You can see me. And here I am so appreciative that you are listening in to the Eurovision for Real podcast. Thank you. <laughs>